Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Christian's Colloquy. I'm Christian, and I'm so glad that you could join me this week. As you can see on your screen now, if you're watching on YouTube or if you looked at the title, I am not alone. I have another interview, and I'm here with my dear friend, Kalen. Kalen, thank you for joining us today. Thank you for having me, Christian. Oh, I am very excited. I'm sure at least a few people who are listening or watching now know your name or know who you are. So I'm sure lots of people are excited, but we have a great interview slash conversation in store. But before we get there and talking about seminary and life after seminary, I just want you to introduce yourself, tell my audience a bit about who you are, why they should perhaps care about who you are. Not really, but uh, yeah. just let people know who you are, what you're about, and uh, sure. then we could dive in. Sure. Well, yeah, I'll echo that. You don't have to care about me at all. <laughs> but uh, my name is Kalen Joseph. I am 25 years old. I live in Mississauga, Ontario, born and raised there. Uh, so very much a city boy. I um, am currently working at a church in Georgetown, Ontario. And um, it's called Living Hope Church. And I recently became the director of youth ministries here uh, last year, September. Um, so as you know, I'm talking with Christian. We, we met at seminary um, and we've been best buds ever since. Um, yeah. Uh, is that good? Is yeah, there that, to say? Okay. That, that is fantastic. And I, I will return the echoing. We Man, when I think about the good times at seminary, I'm normally thinking about you joking around in the lounge and, <laughs> and all that kind of stuff. So uh, I'll try to keep that to a min minimum. I don't want this to be a show where I just reminisce about the, the good yeah. times in the lounge. But uh, yeah, if you're listening to this now and if you hear the jokes, if you see me smiling a lot more than usual, it's because Kalen is a hilarious guy, a godly guy, but just a dear friend of mine. So, so here we are and we're talking about the, the title, I suppose, as I will determine later, is probably Life After Seminary. But before we get there, and I, I spoke a bit to Kalen before, we're, we're thinking about the people in my audience. I know I have a few of you listening or watching who are interested in seminary, who are thinking about pastoral life and roles. But I think Kalen is the perfect guy to talk about not only seminary as we get into it a little bit, but what comes after? That's a bit of a mystery to people or a bit daunting to people, but here's Kalen. He mentioned he's now has a job. He's been through seminary. So we'll let him share a bit about that process, what he's doing, some of the upsides, the challenges, how seminary fits into all that. But uh, yeah, so that that's what we're thinking about here. And it might be helpful for people in churches who uh, see the new young guy in the church who's joined the mm -hmm. team so that they can know what you're thinking, what people like you are thinking. So we'll get into all that. But before we get into life after seminary, why don't you share a little bit about seminary life? How, how was your seminary experience? How would you describe mm -hmm. it? What were the high moments, the low points, whatever you want to say, just talk a bit about life during seminary. Yeah, man. Well, I mean, it flew to say to say the least and i i miss it dearly um life in seminary i at first i felt like a fish out of water i really did and i still remember man like coming into that seminary lounge on my first day had my greek book and i saw you and i was like who's this nerd <laughs> with, this, with this shirt tucked in <laughs> and i was like oh man um, but uh, no, man, I'm just kidding. I, I, I came in and, you know, I, I didn't know if I was going to make it mm. my first semester, dude. I didn't know if I was going to make it. And I think, you know, there were some spiritual things that were going on in my life at that time, too. So intersecting with seminary um, didn't help. Like it was a particularly dark area in my life, I, I remember. And so after my first semester, I was just like, I don't know if I should keep going. I don't know if I should keep doing this. Um, but I vividly remember uh, walking into Dr. Baxter's office. Um, I think it was in the new year. So we started what, like 2017, 2017? 20, 2017, yes. Yeah, okay. So we started in 2017, um, new year, 2018. I walked into doctor's, Dr. Baxter's office. I told him my situation and then he prayed with me. And uh, I just remember getting so much clarity through our conversation and through the prayer where he suggested, hey, listen, you know what? 
So guys, um, I was enrolled in the MDiv and I made the cowardly move and backed out of the MDiv. And so I did the MTS, but that was Dr. Max who suggested, you know, the languages. I found them, I found Greek challenging to me. Um, and uh, he suggested that I do the MTS. And so I, I did that. And once I made the switch, my goodness, like world of a difference for mm -hmm. me, for me personally. And so I know people are, depending on where, you know, your church is at or um, pastors you listen to will encourage the languages. And heck, I encourage the languages. Like, uh, in fact, I don't know if I'll ever do them, um, but uh, preaching has gone okay without them. That's good. Comment commentaries do a good job in mm. articulating them. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so that's, uh, I don't know, does that answer the question? That, that answers uh, the question amazingly. And that, okay. that's very helpful to hear where already just from that, I, I think we heard a couple of points where, first of all, if you're going into seminary, a lot of people, a lot of guys uh, are going into seminary and they bring with them issues and questions and perhaps uh, just all sorts of things where they're in need of guidance. One thing we heard right now is go talk to people. I, I know Dr. Baxter, just a wonderful man. And I, I, if you're going to an evangelical seminary, it's more, it's, it's incredibly likely you're going to find a person like Dr. Baxter mm -hmm. in the sense that there's someone who cares about you, is looking out for you, and will give you just straight up advice, won't sugarcoat it or won't send you away packing your bags, but will just tell you, here's the issue, here's what I'm thinking, and that's wisdom I'm glad that you received. Mm -hmm. And it worked out, I, I could say knowing you that it worked out well, and I'm glad you made that decision. But the other thing I think we're hearing is that, hey, seminary, there are going to be certain people have certain gifts in some areas and not so much in other areas where for you, the languages were a struggle. I know for a lot of people, for myself, they were, but I had a bit of experience doing them. They weren't super, super bad, but that's places where for some guys, I know it was the preaching class, getting up in public speaking. That was probably my biggest challenge where I needed a lot of encouragement, but for some people that just comes naturally, or maybe it's the counseling courses. Again, I don't, I don't want to keep ripping on myself, but man, I struggled facing those hard conversations <laughs> really? and, and that kind of yeah. stuff. But that, that's the thing where you, you get help to work through it. You make those decisions mm -hmm. and people are there are looking out for you and God is good. He provides. And that, mm -hmm. that's a story. I think for everyone who goes through seminary, you're, you're going to come out realizing there were places where God truly had to provide and yeah. he, he does, and he does mm -hmm. through many different means. So, so that, that's great. And maybe on, on that point, think about uh, before we move on seminary. And I, I know that you have uh, a great passion for the church and for ministry and all that kind of stuff. So maybe just quickly, before we get to ministry in the church, seminary you, you mentioned languages were a struggle that's true for a lot of people but what were those classes on the other mm -hmm. end where you just loved you couldn't get enough of it you were looking forward to every week getting into that class what what were some of those classes for you personally yeah um so i i easily i would say uh, homiletics mm. and um and pastoral theology. Mm. Those were key courses for me. Uh, homiletics, because it was probably the most practical class. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like you're up there and it's definitely not the most comfortable too, but like there's just so much things going on in homiletics. Like, you know, <laughs> getting the criticism from, from, uh, from the front requires so much humility. Yeah. Um, and I think that's where God really confronts a lot of things in your heart, um, but pointing to the need for um, the spirit to be depended on in, in making those sermons and delivering those sermons, that it's not about you looking good, you know what I mean? Uh, but, you know, every preacher, I hope, is there to exposit the word of God faithfully and to make Jesus big, make him the display. Mm. And Dr. Reed really helped with that, you know, even in just pointing out my hand in my pocket, which I did in my most recent sermon. <laughs> um, so still, I was just like, still growing, still working. Yeah, yeah, I saw that and I'm like, man, if Dr. Reed saw that, he'd butcher me. <laughs> but um, um, so homiletics I loved and then pastoral theology with mm. Dr. Ewell. Um, yeah. My goodness. Like, cause again, that was 
that was like that was like sitting under preaching almost mm. like you 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 left uncomfortable at times because it was confronting you know certain yeah. things within your life and just also very uh it was calling you to be very sober-minded in this um because it is that i mean we read books like dangerous calling where we just read horror story after horror story right and we're like my goodness like the need to cultivate godliness um in your life as mm. you minister and then and, and that was also practical too like when we did things like philosophy of ministry i appreciated it because it's just like you know dr yule encouraging you to like know what you believe yeah. like i still remember that <laughs> you just like don't go into a church and just be like i don't know what i believe mm -hmm. it's like no 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 know what you believe and just writing that out and fleshing it out it's like okay like and it was nice because often like there's just so many things that can stay in your head you're like oh this inerrancy here and atonement there and baptism here and just having that coherently um i found very practical and helpful um so i i do miss those courses yeah. yeah oh definitely same here as you're saying that all that the memories are flooding back of yeah be, being at the front of class standing there and hearing what people have to say about your sermon or i i remember uh uh dr yule's class just incredibly impactful as we work through some of those tougher questions about like wh what if this happens in your ministry and being prepared to face that those like very very real very difficult situations and I, I guess where I'm hearing from you, and I definitely feel the same way, where if you're going into seminary thinking, oh, I'm just going to be doing what I was doing online in Facebook groups before, learning about church history or learning better techniques like that, certainly that's part of it. But a big part of seminary with those professors, with your classmates around you is just that training in godliness and humility being, I think that'd be a constant theme for everyone, having to hear feedback or be challenged, hey, uh, you got to work through that issue because yeah. you're, you're going into ministry and that's it that's a requirement you need to know where you stand on x y or z if you're going to be teaching and mm -hmm. it's those kind of things where i think yeah that's where seminary really shines over just listening to the wonderful podcasts that we like if you're listening to this thank you this is great but <laughs> compared to being under a professor with classmates working through issues yeah. like that's a unique experience and i understand why seminary is so important to a lot of churches looking for leaders or a lot of people seeking to prepare themselves for ministry. So great, great foundation. Thank you for sharing that, Kaylin. I think a lot of people probably needed to hear that if they're thinking about seminary, but moving on from there, seminary, ups and downs, great challenge to work through, challenge in a positive sense. And I echo you on that, but uh, think about life after seminary. That's where we both went through our years at Heritage got in got out but uh that's yeah. where after seminary we had different paths i went to went on to more school i could talk about that another time most people can probably imagine what that's like it's mm -hmm. a similar application process and all that kind mm -hmm. of stuff but you went looking for a ministry position and i'm sure that's where most people after seminary they are as they have been called they are now looking to uh, get into a church ministry and do what they've been training to do and get into it and that's wonderful. We know that's wonderful, but we also know that there's a lot of practical steps, a lot of new challenges, new questions in between I'm done sem seminary and now I'm looking for a church position. We know some of our classmates, they were already on staff at a church or they were already doing their thing. But for so many of those young guys that we know in our classes, that was then the next big thing. So maybe share a little bit about your life after seminary. What were some of those steps you had to take? What were some of those perhaps connections you had to foster or nurture? How, how did it all fit together where you went from seminary to in a position at a church? Anything you wanna say about that? Yeah, and I think um, part of it does connect with, um, with the seminary experience. Mm. And one of the things that I, I just wanted to add to what we previously talked about is it's so important to be a part of a good local church. Like, and I, I know it's kind of rare. I, I mean, I, I have not met somebody to do this yet. Maybe, I don't know if I thought hard enough, but if you're in seminary or you're seeking to be in seminary, I'm hoping that you are 
at a good local church, you're a member at a local church, you're serving in a local church, and especially if you are aspiring to pastoral ministry, um, that there are people like your pastor, your elders, those that, you know, um, <clears throat> are in staff positions at the church that know you well, um, that know you well. And I think that was, that was huge in my seminary experience was that at the end of the day, I hope, you know, that you're here to build Christ's church, that you're here to pour into it, to love it, um, and that you're not here. And I know, again, that looks different, like, you know, from my perspective, like being, you know, in youth, or you can do that from a scholar perspective too, right? Of, um, you know, spending your years in academia and wanting to write and write articles, write books, do, do that, like you can do that. But again, for the sake of the church, and that's what I hope you're there for. So you're not just like some stranger wandering around. Like these are people like your pastor has to look at you. I hope again, if you're, if you want to be in pastoral ministry, be like, I know him, I know him. Like I, I really do. And so I say that because that played a factor um, in me coming out of seminary, right? Mm -hmm. Like, like a part, and I, I mean, part of me coming out of seminary was that God was producing growth in my heart, um, sanctifying me by his spirit. And so, and, and preparing me for um, what was going to come next. Now, I didn't know what was going to come next, to be honest. You know, I, I remember having this conversation with some, some guy at, uh, or a pastor at, at a conference. And he's just like, man, you know, like, I was just working at Chick-fil-A after seminary and I was just like, shoot, uh, is that going to be me, God? Like, you know, and I don't know about you, but I found, I found it particularly hard in Canada's climate to find a job. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, right. and, and to find a job at a good church that was, you know, held to biblical orthodoxy, um, you know, preaching was solid ecclesiology was solid like uh, <clears throat> to me that was kind of difficult and but then whereas you know I would go on the TGC website and I'd go on the job board and like there was like millions and gazillions of jobs <laughs> in the U.S. and right. like they're all around the world and I'm like am I supposed to go to the U.S. Lord mm. so as far as connections go like it's interesting you you mentioned that because part of the way or, or part of how I got the job here was through a connection and that was through our, our brother, Victor, um, who, who went to seminary with us. And Victor uh, is a member of uh, Maple Avenue Baptist, which is, which, is a church, which is the Baptist church in Georgetown. Right. And so, you know, I made a connection with Victor. And then, you know, the position for this came up in May. I remember looking at it. So May of last year. And I remember looking at it and going like, I'm not fit for this. <laughs> I don't know why. Like, I think, well, I think because I'm, I'm kind of bent towards being an insecure guy, but I looked at this and I'm like, ah, it's too good to be true. I don't know if I'm this, blah, blah, blah. And I just kind of like put it aside. Uh, but it, it, it came around, you know, a couple months after through uh, Victor, but ultimately through God's providence. Right. That's what I, I want to really encourage, you know, people that are coming out of seminary, like trust in the providence of God, which again, is a reflection of his character that he loves you and that, you know, wherever you need to be, God will get you there. Uh, sometimes that's going to happen within a month. Sometimes that might happen uh, in seminary. And sometimes that might not happen until a year or so but trust God, like he will take care of you. If you're meant to serve within his church, like he will put you in that position. It's just a matter of when. Right. Right. And, and that, the, the way you described it, just like getting to know people and while you're trusting God's providence, you're also seeking after these things. You don't just sit in your room and it's going to mm -hmm. fall into your lap. God works through means he works through people and we're diligently seeking his will. And I think that's an important point people need to hear where you mentioned Victor, another amazing dude. We, we like chatting with Victor when we can. Yeah. And uh, just hearing that, I, I think people need to understand that was your seminary friend who you made the connection with. And then things moved on from there. That that's a wonderful part of seminary in itself through 
uh, events at the school, making friends at the school, and of course, all the people, wonderful faculty, and uh, Pastor Bob at our school, a fantastic resource. And mm -hmm. it's through those connections where you hear of opportunities you might not hear about. And I think for a lot of people in our Canadian context, uh, yeah, you look at, uh, I've been looking at those websites too, where it has job listings for pastors. Yeah. And now that I realize, oh, I'm not really a worship pastor kind of guy, I don't <laughs> know an instrument or can't sing all that well, that really limits the options these days it appears but mm -hmm. knowing people and getting to know people and it's not meant to sound like oh you're just shallow networking no but making friendships and connecting mm -hmm. with people that's a powerful way that god makes us aware of these opportunities or helps us fit together with different congregations or people it's through the family and it's truly the extended church family where we see god again at work and especially at work raising up leaders for his church so that's a, a wonderful encouragement and just going back to the beginning of what you said, I'm glad you mentioned being involved in a local church. For as much training we get at seminary, the local church, wherever we are, whether you're going to school and getting connected with the church there or still at your home church, that's another place where you're, go you're going to be trained by the pastor, the elders there, and mm. them giving you opportunities. I like that our school where the internship was a formal part of the MDiv program, at least, mm -hmm. where you had to be involved. And through numerous assignments throughout, they were getting you interview your elders on this, interview people at your church on this, where mm -hmm. they're recognizing that, hey, we are working with the church for the church. And they didn't want to separate their ministry from what they were hoping would be coming out through the church. So yeah. fantastic encouragement all around. Thank you for explaining a bit about that through a connection. And now mm -hmm. here you are. So you made it out waiting in God's providence. He provides the opportunity. You get to the church now where you're currently at. So maybe you want to talk about what are you doing at your church now? What is your uh, state again, your position there? And maybe what is it that you do? Maybe, I don't know, on a, a weekly schedule, what is it? What are your responsibilities essentially? Let's go with that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so I, so I'm the director of youth ministries here at our church, and I came at a very interesting time. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I don't think time would permit to get into all the details, but let's just say that I came in a time of lots of transitions. Right. And uh, that's part of which where I thought I wasn't going to get this job because I'm like, my goodness, like there's so many things that's, that's happening at the church. Like, I don't know if they're going to be able to, um, you know, actually have me on staff. Um, but again, God, God had other plans. And so, but I mentioned the transitions because it made this hard. Mm. Like it made it hard being a new youth guy um, and wanting to build relationships with the youth. Um, yeah. So, so, and then on top of that, we have a pandemic, right? Yeah. So uh, here's the thing though. What, what was you know, the silver lining was that when I started, um, when I started, like we're, we're in Halton region. So Halton was um, able to have indoor uh, mm -hmm. gatherings, right? So that was awesome. Like, I'm like, okay, praise God, at least for a good chunk of when I started the job, like I was able to do it in person was praise God. Like, so that looked like they had um, junior high and senior high. And so um, junior high took place on Friday, senior high took place on Tuesdays. Mm. And basically Mondays were my day off, Tuesdays were uh, senior high. And then uh, Wednesday and Thursday, I was sermon prepping. So, um, uh, and Wednesdays I also had staff meeting, but then after staff meeting, I was sermon prepping. And my goodness, like, I don't know, dude, if you've had to make a sermon in two days, maybe some pastors will, will be watching this laughing at me. Ha ha ha. Like we could do it like this. Like, yeah. but, but for me, I was just like, wow, okay, this is a challenge. Like, and I think because when I had to preach for certain events, even if it was like a youth event, like I was informed weeks ahead of time. Mm -hmm. So I can take, oh, you know, an hour here, an hour there. You know, da, 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 take my time but like here was like dude you gotta like crank it out right mm -hmm. and so 
that was a unique challenge and it still is it's still i can't i can tell you this god has been working (laughs) the spirit is moving praise the lord uh but that's where you just got to be like quick on your feet um and i do remember dr baxter like when I asked him like what his sermon prep um, routine is like, you know, he's like, oh, I probably read like one or two. And he's just like, you know, just the nature of ministry. And I didn't realize it then, but then I came here and I was just like, oh, okay. That's what he was talking about. Yeah. Like you just can't fit, you know, like all uh, a bunch of, uh, a bunch of commentary. So essentially that's what it, it looked like. Mm. Um, and then having those youth nights and, uh, you know, so now we're on Zoom. Mm. Um, and so that's my weeks are kind of looking like that. Um, you know, I try to, I try to, when I can, if there's somebody that's available to teach one week, say it's a guy from here. So one of the uh, adult discipleship guys who was running youth before I came on, on, on board, who was running it on an interim basis before I came on board. Um, he has done some sermons and then, um, yeah, so especially when, during those weeks, those are good for me because then I can kind of like take a step back and look at things from an admin perspective, mm. which truthfully, like I'm still growing in. Right. <laughs> God, God help me. Um, but, you know, just planning things out, you know, uh, scheduling things, you know, um, like on your events page on the website, because, you know, now you got to do things to that, like. I don't know what your church uses, but we, we use Subsplash. Mm. So Subsplash is getting on there, making events. And then even just planning ahead of time, like, what am I going to teach? Like, we just finished James, which is really cool. Like, man, like, okay, first official series, woo, like, <laughs> done. And now it's just like, what's ahead? But also, I, the last thing I will say is I try to fit in reading. Mm. Um, and I think that's that's the challenge is you picking up that reading ethic that seminary had you do, right. where it's just like you gotta read like all these books. And now like the primary things that I'm reading every week is usually commentaries, right? Mm. Um, but I do wanna also feed my soul as it relates anything you know ministry related that will help. So I recently finished Paul David Tripp's Lead, which was okay. cool because it was a uh, it was a uh, it was a sequel to Dangerous Calling, which we read in our in our nice. uh, class, but I, I did appreciate that book. So, yeah. Great, great. And I, I guess what, what I'm hearing here is that if you're getting into ministry, that, and, and this is something I've heard from professors at seminary, pastors I've known, everybody, get ready to work. This isn't a, for, yeah. I, I expect for most people, it isn't a walk in the park. Like it sounds <laughs> like sleepless nights, endless schedule. And that's just the reality of ministry. You're serving people, you're preparing and you want to do your best. And I, I know you and I know your work and I know you're providing the best for, for your ministry. And that that's great. But uh, that, that I think might be a wake up call for a lot of people. It certainly was for me hearing stories in seminary. I remember Dr. Valancourt talking about his initial schedule where it was like three sermons a week and, and all that kind of stuff where yeah, it, it is not light work. I, I know some people have the impression, oh, pastors and church workers, they work one day a week on Sunday, but you think about having a sermon and in your case, you have these two groups that you're uh, the Tuesday night you're preparing for Friday night you're preparing for you other responsibilities in between. I know I, I did a, a year and a bit doing staff meetings. If you have something to share at a staff meeting and with other people, especially people you answer to, you want to be prepared and not sound like an idiot, which frankly, that, yeah. that it takes a lot of work to not sound like an idiot when you're presenting <laughs> something. So it's yeah. definitely a lot of work and, trusting in God and trusting in his good gifts and his ability to supply and provide that is essential. So that that's probably something maybe just share a little bit. You mentioned your reading. How has being in ministry now, I have a few follow-ups, but this one came to mind. How has ministry changed or perhaps uh, maybe not actually changed, but maybe changed your view of just prayer in general? Like, have you felt suddenly that prayer has become so much more important have what you've been praying for, has that changed now that you're in ministry? Any Anything on that? Yeah, you know, um, man, insert insert theologians, you know, important quote on prayer here. Right. Um, right. But, um, 
Yeah, I mean, prayer is vital, you know, like it's vital for your own soul, but then it's also vital for the ministry. And I've, you know, where I've really seen prayer um, play itself out is, is those nights where I'm, I'm exhausted, like, and my mind is just, or I'm discouraged about something. And then I've prayed, I've prayed before, um, you know, getting up on stage. And then, um, and I know, I know your question is more catered towards prayer as, you know, a, ho a holistic sense, but like, I just got to say, man, there have been nights where I've prayed and like, I just get this energy and I just like the spirit just moves and I'm like, yeah, when I, I get, I get back, uh, I step down and I'm just like, that did not come from me. That really came from the Lord, uh, working through his spirit. So, um, yeah, but prayer is vital, and especially because of the situation that I find myself in here, mm. which, again, I believe, like, God is sovereign over it. He knows that Kalen, you know, he needed to come into a youth ministry position at this time. Right. Not when, you know, there's no pandemic. No, no, no. Pandemic, masks, Zoom, like, you name it, you're in it. And, right. I, and I have you here for a purpose, a lot of which I don't know. But it has made me dependent on him, really. Right. Like, just, Lord, what do I need to teach? Lord, how do I understand this text, right? Like, James, for the most part, is, like, a very practical letter. But there have just been some chunks, like, especially with faith and works. I remember, like, really, really, like, chewing on that. It was, mm -hmm. like, a big portion. And, and it's also because you're teaching youth, Right. right. So you're contextualizing it and you're thinking to yourself, you're praying about like, how is this going to apply to, um, you know, this person? Well, I know this is happening in this person's life. Um, how do I, you know, um, how do I condense this? How do I, how do I convey it in such a way where they can relate, but it's not compromising the text. So prayer is vital. And then also for your character. Mm. right prayer is vital for you and your relationship with the lord a lot of what you're doing is coming from the outflow of what's happening uh in here what's happening when nobody is is seeing and i mean we we know all too well that like you can fake it right right um, but then that only goes so far um so just praying that god like helps me stay close to him helps me get rid of any sinful habits that are present um and uh this helps me know that he's he's there and he's near and he's working in the midst of a lot of confusion because these are confusing times yeah. as to say the least but yeah mm -hmm. no that that that's great that really emphasizes yeah prayer it's important that's something you hear throughout seminary from pastors but i think it's it's something that proves true yeah prayer mm -hmm. is like, it's not just something we say. It sounds like something we just say, but we really mean it when we say prayer is a means that we we definitely need to mm -hmm. grasp hold of. That's something that keeps you going. And certainly it's seeking out God's help. It's seeking out his power. It's not something we do of our own power, but by the spirit we pray. And that's so important, so critical to all Christian life, but especially facing yeah. the challenges of ministry. You read a book like Dangerous Calling, you get a real sense of man, there are a lot of things that could go wrong. There are a lot of places that you can mess up and you certainly need to express and seek out God's help and his strength. So you mentioned a few things there. I, I don't want to go too long, but just before we get to the last major question, another follow-up I want to have, and this might be interesting for a wide variety of people, but what would you say are some of the the biggest, not just in a negative sense, but also in a positive, yeah, good challenge, but what are some of the biggest challenges in youth ministry working with youth and maybe you could talk about i don't know if specifically with the pandemic but just ministry with this age group in general what are some of those big challenges you mentioned contextualizing and you know, grabbing their attention what are some of those things that anything that comes to mind really yeah well i think part of it is being the new guy mm. right so you are now like for years Right, people, youth were used to at least, at least not not so much the junior highs because the junior, like a lot of like the new junior highs were in kids ministry. So like, to me, they're like I'm their first youth guy. Mm. But I'm thinking of people who have 
been primarily under the former youth pastor. And so they're, they've been used to his character, like his personality, his kind of teaching, right? Whereas um, now people are getting used to Kalen, mm-hmm. right? People are getting used to um, Kalen's personality and can I trust him, right? Is, is, he, is he somebody worth following? Right. Which, hey, I don't blame, right? You don't just latch on to anybody quickly, like you build trust, right? Mm. And so, but I guess there, there lies the tension where it's just like, I just want you to trust me. I just want you to follow me. But, you know, uh, my pastor, Pastor Steve, uh, continues to remind me that, you know, this is, it's, it's, um, it's a progressive thing. Like you build trust as you, you, you know, as time goes by and you lead people and you make decisions and you pray with them, cry with them, preach to them. Like it's building, you're storing up trust. And so I think that takes time, especially for youth who are, for the most part, very shy mm. to open up, right? And it's just like, they're not, usually it's just like, so guys, and I, you know, for my small group leaders, just asking them and the challenges, right? And in getting them to, to, to open up and that's tough, that's tough. But then also, I think I, I, I want to also mention about from a teaching point of view, like I am very much uh, a preacher in the sense and if you want to call it three point i'm a three point guy yeah unless the sermon permits a two point which is this it's going to be ne- next week will be a two pointer we love a good two pointer yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, next week will be a two pointer but um you know just getting them used to that mm. you know what i mean from a youth perspective getting them used to um um expository preaching not that like, I mean, for the most part, for some of them who've been attending the Sunday services, like that, that is what they're used to. But I guess for some of them, it might not be as like, huh. And, you know, my youth ministry experience has been from, from where I got saved. It was, it was a lot of a teaching, you know, just like question, question, answer, question, answer kind of thing. Whereas here, or ever since I, I started attending Hope, which was uh, Hope Mississauga, um, so formerly Harvest, which was, which was where I was a part of, and then a church plant in Toronto, and then I and then I came here. Um, the youth ministries that I, youth ministry I was involved in was very much sur- um, revolving around expository preaching to youth, mm-hmm. um, and so yeah, just getting them used to that. Um, and then I think the last thing I will say is um, in terms of how is this sitting with them? Mm. You know what I mean? Like maybe I feel like a lot of people are, and I mean, this is not just a youth thing. This is a church thing. Whereas you get people who identify as Christian, but you're hoping that like, it's true. You know what I mean? Like yeah. you're just like, Lord, I hope this is genuine. Mm. One of my greatest fears, greatest fears, and this is again part of the text that I have next week, is that, you know, it's not true. Like years go by, and I, I just, I, I know it's beyond your control, but you just don't want that story of oh, this person grew up in in youth ministry with Kalen and he was the leader and you know, they were following Jesus and everything. And now they're not walking with the Lord anymore. Like that, that's a fear. And you're just hoping that God for each person that comes, that they become genuine followers of Christ. And if they're already professing that they go on to profess Christ uh, for the rest of their lives. Mm. Um, I know we can get deep within that, you know, God's sovereignty, human responsibility, but you get what I'm saying. Yeah, I, I get yeah. it. I totally get it. Yeah. And I, I think all those things are, they, they come from your heart. And I think it really speaks to what your objective is. And it's truly to teach kids the word and teach them about Jesus so that they might truly know him, not just know about yeah. him, but truly know him. And that that is, I, I think that's the end of almost all ministry we do for phrasing it that way. And I think that that is such an important task where it's in those years where you're really, and I like what you said about uh, why you're getting into the preaching, expository preaching. It's to prepare 
young Christian people for life in the church and life serving Christ and knowing mm-hmm. Christ and loving him. And that that's such an important thing. And I'll add here, I, I did youth ministry for a little bit, so I'll, and I'm not doing it anymore. So I'll say what Kaylin probably wouldn't say, but I hope if there are any parents of youth listening to this, please do two things. First of all, you're the, you're the frontline. Kalen and others like him are doing fantastic work, but he only has them for so long. I know Kalen is putting everything he has into the few hours a week that he has directly with the youth, but parents, you're, you're there all the time. You're there most of the time. Kalen and other youth leaders and other youth pastors throughout the church, they, they, they'll, get, they'll get blamed if something tragic happens, but really parents, that's your job first and foremost. Kalen and I'm sure others in the same role, they're there to support you in discipling your children. But the other thing I would also say, since it's not me and I can't say it is, people, church members, whoever you are, please appreciate Kalen and folks like Kalen who are in these positions. I know from doing youth and of course, everyone, all the youth guys at Heritage would chat, but a lot of the times you put all this hard work into an amazing expository sermon. You're thinking about these kids, you're trying to contextualize it, come up with them brilliant illustrations. And then you're just met with the stone face and no one, no one appreciates that. So please, if you're a church member, just a word of encouragement for guys doing youth ministry for youth pastors, that goes a long way. And if you're a youth listening to this, just even if you were tired and were nodding out, just an occasional nod or smile at the end of a sermon or at the end of an event that clearly was planned, that really means a lot because that it, while we're, I know from knowing you that you're not doing this for the thanks, you're not doing it for the pat on the back, but we truly were people and encouragement is something that's why we're called to encourage one another to build one another up. So I encourage you listening to this. If you're at Kalen's church, if you're at any youth pastor, or youth leader, and they're there at your church, let them know that you appreciate what they're doing because it is hard work. You've been hearing about the challenges you've been hearing about Kalen's heart. And it's certainly a mission. I think every Christian would want to support. And I could go on about that. I won't though, but just to keep us rolling here with the final major question, I guess sort of bringing these two things together, seminary, life after seminary, maybe you want to talk a little bit about how has seminary, I guess, uh, provided support or help or information that has now been applied in your ministry context? Have I, I imagine, of course, preaching class and you're preaching now you're applying a lot of those lessons. You forgot about the hand in the pocket. We'll give you a pass yeah. this one time. But <laughs> maybe you. some, maybe there's a specific point in preaching class that has really stuck with you or another mm-hmm. class entirely like, I, I don't know, theology of church and ministry or mm-hmm. like something that people wouldn't expect. Have there been moments where you've realized, oh, I am now applying something that I was taught in seminary? Have, have you gotten those like, whoa kind of moments where it's like oh here's the situation i prepared for kind of thing i mean besides besides preaching um because i i I remember you you, uh, christian kind of gave me a heads up on this one yeah uh but you know i i think if i were to answer this one i would say old testament Mm. here's why because and this is why I love Dr. Valancourt yeah. because of his emphasis on showing Christ mm. in the text, right? This is especially true when we're preaching old Testament, um, which again, I, that's what I'm going to be doing. So pray for me. If you remember me guys is that narrative, like I just realized that man, I've been such an epistle guy right. and a gospel guy. Well, gospel, you know, like, yeah, like that is narrative technically, but like I've done parables and stuff like that, but, you know, I'm I'm looking forward to doing Esther Mm. and um, yeah, you know, people preach Esther in like chapters, right? Like, and so how, how's that going to work? But anyways, I see it, I see to make it my effort uh, and my aim to preach Christ in every text and to show the gospel in every text and i know preaching does tell, teach us about that our homiletics you know dr reed is very adamant on that but so is Do, um so is dr valencourt and just mm-hmm. tracing that you know the toledo or yeah. toledo <laughs> seed right. of the woman right from genesis 
uh, to Revelation and um, just seeing Christ in all of Scripture is what you want them to see when they're reading their Bibles. You want them, you want the youth to encounter Christ, and you want them to also, you know, develop develop a hermeneutic, if you would, to use the fancy word. But as they're reading Scriptures, that they're able to see Christ. Mm for themselves right and so that's what you're kind of doing you're 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 doing that as you preach but then as your preacher hoping that in doing what you do which is i guess the teaching aspect of it and i know some people will delineate like oh preaching is one thing teaching is one thing but when you're preaching you're teaching when you're teaching you're preaching like <laughs> i i get that but like yeah you're, you're trying to show them through your preaching how to read your bible and how to see christ in your bible mm. um so uh yeah i would say like old testament did do that for me in this whole sense of like i wasn't big on biblical theology you know when i went into seminary and i always found that term very ambiguous i was just like what what does that mean like bible theology <laughs> but then like reading the bible as a whole tracing themes as a whole like you 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 want to give them that right. um and and old testament taught me it mm -hmm. so i'm very thankful for it oh no that that is a great word and thinking back to when i was doing some youth lessons i can probably think back and recall a difference between doing the old testament stuff before taking old testament with dr valancourt and then after where yeah. like it, it's in those classes where it's the same book we've gone through we've read it but then just having a person whose life has been committed to learning this text and knowing about it reveal elements that you might not have seen before connections you've never drawn before and uh, i remember like reading one of the books about in pentateuch i think leviticus and seeing christ in leviticus and mm. being able to share that with youth it really that really that that's hits hits home with me and i'm glad you yeah. mentioned that where even classes, you'd be thinking, how does a class on Old Testament where you're talking about these are the generations and uh, the yeah. ordering of those books, but it really does come out in teaching. And that that's the fun thing. It got us excited in seminary. And now it's, I guess, mm. your privilege, but also your hard work to get others excited about that or show them at least why this is something they can be excited about, something that can be something they look forward to and really should be something that they look forward to, diving into God's word yeah. and seeing Christ throughout the entire canon of scripture. And that that's a fantastic place, I guess, to end our main time here together. Kayla, I'm going to have to have you back on. There are so many other <laughs> questions I wanted to ask yeah. you, but I want to be sensitive to your time and everyone listening. I like just thinking now there are questions about working with a team and a pastor at your church mm -hmm. and maybe a bit more on different challenges perhaps with the pandemic but other things so we'll, we'll have to have a, a part two some somewhere down the line but before before i let everyone go a couple things are going to do I'll, I'll have my goodbyes and conclusion at the end but uh, i'll get, let you have the last word of the interview perhaps and this is a time i want you to just share whatever encouragement challenge mm -hmm. or uh, i guess any information or suggestion Jim, recommendation, whatever it is, what do you have to say to my audience about anything really this point, a different point that you could leave us on? Yeah, um, and I appreciate you asking this question, Christian. You know, as a seminary student, and I don't, I don't say this to be, um, I don't say this to be pessimistic, and I know, like, for those of you who know me really well, like, you know, I can be really down on myself, but when you go to seminary, if you go to seminary, maybe you're in seminary already, God is not expecting you to be a John Calvin. God is not expecting you to be Augustine. Like there is a temptation to look at your profs, to look at your peers, to look at your grades and to be like, oh, I can be used in ministry because, you know, I, I'm not I'm not this guy who knows, you know, everything he's learned inside out. I absorbed every lecture that Dr. Haken taught and I can articulate to you the courses. Like I'm coming out of seminary and <laughs> I'm like, man, a lot is leaving me. Like I wish, I wish, as you know, a lot of things stayed with me or I wish I was able to articulate apologetics like this person or that person. Like, no, no, no. Like God has made you, you. God has made you you, and he has also given you gifts um, to, to use for 
the building up of his church. So you're not meant to be some sort of like know-it-all and I don't know, like towering theologian. Like you're just meant to be faithful to the scriptures, faithful to learning God's word and growing in the grace and knowledge of Jesus Christ, staying near to staying near to our Lord, preaching the gospel to yourself. Yes, reading, of course, and doing those things, but don't don't seek to be somebody you're not. Mm. Like you like remember, like the you're not called to be the body. You're called to be a member of the body. You're a member. So be faithful as that member is what I would encourage uh, people listening. That is fantastic. Thank you for saying that. That is something I think a lot of people I know that was something I needed to realize and learn and hear in seminary. So thank you for sharing that, Kaylin. That's a yeah. great way to end it off now. And as we're closing, I want to first thank you, Kalen, for coming on the show, coming on the channel. I've been looking forward to this for a long time. I think we talked about some really great things here today. And I really mean it when I say I am going to have to get you back on again sometime soon. I'm not <laughs> letting you get away. So we'll, we'll talk about other stuff. But I think you have a lot more to say on this topic and in a few others. So first of all, Thank you. And before uh, we close, I have to mention Kalen. He has started a blog. That was something we were looking forward to for a while. We were wondering when it was going to happen and it did okay. recently. So please in the description down below, I will have a link. Check it out. Fan it's, a it's a beautiful website. And Thank let you. me tell you, it looks good, but the writing Kalen is doing there is fantastic. It's phenomenal. It will be edifying. It will be challenging. So please check that out. Kalen, now that I've said that, you got to keep putting out articles. You got to keep challenging yeah. us. You got to keep doing <laughs> it. So now, now there's no escape. We want to see more from you. So, so sure. thank you. And that, that's what we have now. So Kalen, again, thanks for coming on. I hope this was a good time for you. It was for me. And mm -hmm. I'm sure lots of people listening thought it was great. So thank yeah. you so much. Thank you, brother. Thank you. I really enjoyed this and I miss you. Mm. And so hopefully, you know, we can do this in a non-podcast setting Yes. Uh, soon once this is all over. But uh, yeah, appreciate you so much, brother. Yeah, no, thank, yeah. thank you so much. And for everyone who's listening or watching, thank you for joining us. This has been a great interview, but I hope that you will join us again on Christian's Colloquy, more interviews, more episodes. And again, I hope that we could have a bit of community. So if you have any questions for myself or Kalen, leave a comment down below or uh, send me an email. If it's for Kalen, I'll make sure it gets to him. But we want to have a bit of a dialogue here. Anyway, that's it for now. Take care. See you next time.